The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, it is Friday evening going into Saturday morning. I hope all of you are going to have a fantastic weekend. I know mine is busy. Tomorrow morning, I need to address and fill out Christmas cards, ladies and gentlemen. They just arrived today, so I've got to get those done. I'm finishing up some presents tomorrow. I bought a lot of really cool frames, and I'm getting pictures of Willie G with different family members uh, edited up with some nice graphics printing those out, putting them in frames, got some other little trinkets and stuff, and trying to get our final baskets together for our friends and family members and that kind of thing, folks. So you're probably rushing around and doing that as well. But I said, you know what? We're not going to stop. There's too much stuff to cover over here. The technocrats are advancing, and as you know, right here at the Dust and Gold Standard, we're 114 episodes in, dissecting the history of this governmental structure that we live under today talking about what's going on in the present and trying to predict what's going to happen in the future so that you and me and the people around us that we share this show with members of pain.tv slash gold and others can start to figure out how the hell we're going to live inside this system and you can't do that unless you understand it from the history to the present to the future and so that's what we're doing here folks all right big enough Announcement, big announcement before we get started. I've got Dan Golvach, good buddy of mine. He is lined up for Sunday evening's show. So him and I are going to talk about the spiritual element behind the world elites, the prison planet wardens, the technocrats, the transhumanists, the economic terrorists, the central bank, mafia bosses, all of it. Dan's going to just let it go, folks. He's going to let it fly. I told him, listen, You've been holding back, and on this show, we can get a little weird, so let's get weird together. (laughs) And so, it's fine, ladies and gentlemen. There's certain topics that are kind of off limits, because they can get you censored and banned, but uh, this is not a live show as of right now, so I have the ability to edit anything out. So, I said to Dan, don't hold back, don't self-censor. If something gets a little too crazy, a little too hot, we can edit that out. I prefer not to, but at the same time, we cannot get thrown off. Uh, there's all kinds of problems going on. Mike Morris talked about it openly. A uh, gentleman I used to produce for got censored many times by YouTube. So that's just the world we live in. Unfortunately, uh, we are fighting a war, a war for uh, knowledge and information and education, and maybe one day being able to organize with each other. We're fighting a war on a battlefield that is owned by our enemies the enemies that we are sitting here talking about on this show they own the battlefield they control it they lay down the speed bumps and the roadblocks and the landmines they do that's the 
unfortunate truth, but it is the truth. And what is the point of doing a show like this unless you're going to tell people the truth? So what we're going to do tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, I am done. I wrapped up with Central Bank Digital Currency, Universal Basic Income, Smart Contracts, Ethereum, the company Consensus. All that was packed into episodes like 97 through 113. If you want to learn about all that, you can, because that is going to be the system of total control. That is the technocracy dream, the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. So Dan will come on on Sunday. We'll talk about the spiritual elements behind all of these big players. Uh, Dan has theories on who they worship, uh, why they're doing this, how they all end up seeming to be in sync with each other. So we're going to talk about that. And then next week, I think Wide Awake Jim is coming back on. He just sent me about four or five emails since last night until about an hour ago with all of the last of the research that he's done. And I don't know, there's two, three, four hundred documents or something that we're going to go through. And this all has to do with the Bank for International Settlements, carbon credits, basically the nuts and bolts behind the system that I just spent the last 15, 16 episodes explaining and dismantling over here. So we're going to bring his research into this next week. And then I've got a few guests that are audience members of pain.tv slash gold that are going to be coming on. I'm working on getting those lined up. So we've got shows planned all the way through Christmas and the new year. So we're going to keep rocking and rolling over here, ladies and gentlemen. What I want to talk about tonight, folks, and we have a lot to cover here. um, I want to talk about the Chinese social score system. And I know and I understand that many of you probably have heard about it, probably have watched videos on it, listened to podcasts on it. But I'm going to break it down with a couple of articles and just explain what exactly the Chinese social score system is. And there is a reason why I want to do that. It's very important because the Chinese social score system, in my opinion, is the test model for not only what is going to be rolled out here, but what is currently already rolled out here. It just hasn't been announced, and they don't have billboards saying the social score system is awesome. Don't you love it? So we're going to talk about the Chinese social score system, and then we're going to talk about what's going on in this country right now, in the present, using a few different articles. Between the three articles, we're going to be able to draw up a pretty clear picture of what is going on in this country today, and then we'll be able to look at what's coming in the future. And the social score system will be tied into the digital ID as well as central bank digital currency. And then if you're getting universal basic income, uh, social security, all this type of stuff from the government. My, My personal belief is eventually social security will actually go away and you'll receive that in a form of universal basic income along with all the other entitlements. So welfare, EBT, social security, all that stuff will be erased and packaged up as a universal basic income. And then they'll hand that out to people based on different tiers. I don't know if it's going to be a class-based system based on how much money you make, you know, your income, that kind of thing. But 
that's most likely what's coming. And then the social score system is very important because that's going to be tied to the universal basic income. So we're going to go into this tonight. And um, then what we're going to do is be able to link this in to the research we already did on central bank digital currency. And then the new research that Wide Awake Jim is going to bring to the table coming out of the Bank for International Settlements, carbon credits, and all that stuff. And then we're really going to be able to start to figure out uh, when this stuff is coming. I, I mean, I believe it's coming sooner rather than later. Jim thinks we have a little bit more time. So we'll debate that on the show. I mean, not debate, but we'll discuss that all on the show because he's got to catch back up to where we are now. And then he's going to bring a lot of uh, new information, new intelligence to the table. And he's looking at it from the perspective of someone who is an investor. He understands uh, oil and gas. He's able to look at it from that perspective where I look at things from the technology perspective. I like to look at the companies that are actually building the technology and then tie that into what the world bankers, the people we watched on the panel discussions are saying. And that allows me to start to put together a timeline in my head, folks. Now, let me just clear this up real quick because a few people reached out to me at pain.tv slash gold. If you haven't joined that, folks, think about doing so. It's less than $9 a month. You're going to get access to the ad-free video version of the Dustin Gold Standard and the Thomas Paine Podcast. And access to a like-minded group of folks a big community over there a couple few thousand people are on pain.tv slash gold it runs like a facebook app you can actually go on the website or download the mobile application and people can set up groups in there share information learn from each other teach each other comment on the uh, videos as you're watching them from both my side and mike moore's side so it's a great little thing to join if you'd like to leave a donation for the show we really appreciate it folks it's a holiday season we're a new show i'm working around the clock trying to grow this uh we're just starting to monetize on ad revenue so if you'd like to do that and help us out we'd really appreciate it because right now i'm basically working for free the last few months and i can only sustain that for so long so if you'd like to help out you can do so at donorbox.org slash dustin gold show and i'll get into it eventually but these guys make it very difficult again we're fighting a war on their battlefield and there will come a time i know mike moore's been starting to talk about on his show where you guys are going to have to get some skin in the game and you're going to have to support people like like me and like Mike and other independent journalists out there, people you truly believe are independent because we're not getting money from the shill networks. We're not part of the Joe Rogan uh, umbrella. And so we're out here literally independent trying to make this happen. And if you appreciate the research and the time and the energy and the creativity we put into these shows, you know, you're going to have to start chipping in. I, I know times are tough. They're tough for everybody. But to chip in 8 10 12 $15 a month to get access to right here. I do, you know, 60, about 80 hours of content here at the Dust and Gold Standard a month. And that's going to increase to about 100 very shortly. And so, you know, if you contribute that $10 a month, whether you get a subscription to pain.tv slash gold, uh, another platform that we're working on over here that'll be out sometime in the first half of next year. Uh, or you're doing that through a donation, you know, we'd really appreciate that. If you visit donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show, you can set that up to do, uh, I think, a weekly, a monthly, you know, or a once a year 
donation so we'd appreciate that and thank you to everyone who has actually uh contributed on there we do appreciate it and then the very least you can do folks is leave us a five-star review at apple podcast along with a comment because that helps us move up the charts other people listen and maybe we pick up a few people that are willing to uh donate or, or purchase a subscription otherwise we make money off the public side podcast off of that ad revenue but it's not a lot. It used to be a pretty good business model. But if you were speaking the truth, uh, if you're like Mike speaking out against COVID the last three years, they end up cutting off your ad revenue. And so you're basically screwed. It's a social score system that we all have to deal with as well. So if we're speaking the truth, they cut us off. The only way to actually be able to speak the truth at that point is to be 100 percent Uh, funded by the audience i didn't plan on even talking about this right now but there's conversations going on behind the scenes business conversations about what is happening and so eventually if it gets to the point where they stop us from making money then obviously we can't speak because we have to go get a job (laughs) all right listen so some of you uh thank you very much over at pain.tv slash gold you guys sent me a question i guess on the podcast i believe it was mike moore maria albanese that came out last night aired today over at the thomas Paine podcast uh mike had mentioned a new england journal of medicine Uh, article that had to do with covid vaccine causing aids and some people had asked if i had found that because mike said that it was pretty much pulled from the internet scrubbed from the internet he couldn't find it and i think maria said she could not find it i just did a quick search to be honest with you folks and i didn't find it now i'm not sure because i didn't listen to that episode yet if it's something that they saw with their own eyes or was it a screen capture that showed up on social media because if it was that could be fake did someone else mention it i don't really know Uh, i did a quick search and i did not find it i will share this with you though if you want to take a look at it and this has been quote unquote fact checked by reuters and everyone else which means absolutely nothing but this is an article from october 2020 and this says could certain covid19 vaccines leave people more vulnerable to the aids virus cold causing uh, adenovirus used in four experimental covid19 vaccines increased risk of hiv infection when used in aids vaccine trials and this is from science.org now i'll tell you I don't go deep into this stuff, all right? I don't, you know, those of you that listen to me know, I'll bring up COVID and the jabs and boosters in conversation, but I generally don't do full shows on this. And the reason why, folks, is that, one, I think Mike Moore does a fantastic job okay of covering COVID, he has for the last three years there's other shows that do it but there's so much misinformation and disinformation being spread number one number two i I think at the end of the day we're just not going to know the truth i mean who really knows what's even in a vial of a so-called jab you know in a so-called vaccine whether it's moderna whether it's johnson and johnson whether it's pfizer i i don't know if i go down to uh the drive-in vaccine booster club at cvs and i pull up and they draw liquid out of a vial into a syringe and stick it in my arm that that's even what the ingredients say i don't know that i don't trust anything that comes from the government bill gates or big pharma so that's why i don't spend a lot of time on this topic and it's a topic 
that will get you banned and it will get you censored and they'll shut you down and destroy your life. So for me to wage a war uh, against this when we won't ever really know the truth. The other thing is it's sad to say this, but this is how you know I feel. And I said it from day one to my friends and family. If you go out and you get it, that's on you. I warned you. So do I feel bad for people that were forced into it or were going to lose their job? Yeah, I feel bad, but the damage is done. And where the, um, you know, lawsuit protections and everything else that the big pharma companies have when it comes to vaccines, people were aware of this. If they weren't, you know, shame on them. So I don't like to spend a lot of time on this because who knows what the truth is anymore when it comes to this stuff? There is a lot worse stuff coming down the road uh, with this technocracy. COVID-19 was just one part of it. COVID Land, the high school theater production, was the kickoff of the Great Reset and the false industrial revolution. So this is why I don't spend a lot of time on it, folks. I'll read from this article. Uh, just the first two paragraphs, and I'll refer you back to it, and then that's it. I'm not going to talk a lot about this because I want to get into the social score system and what is headed our way. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. You know what's headed your way? A short break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, I'll pull this up for you real quick. Again, I, I just don't want to make a habit out of this, but this is uh, science.org. It says science's COVID-19 reporting is supported by the Pulitzer Center and the uh, Heising Simmons Foundation. Certain COVID-19 vaccine candidates could increase susceptibility to HIV, warns a group of researchers who in 2007 learned that an experimental HIV vaccine had raised in some people the risk for infection with the AIDS virus. These concerns have percolated in the background of the race for a vaccine to stem the coronavirus pandemic, but now the researchers have gone public with a, quote, cautionary tale, end quote, in part because trials of those candidates may soon begin in locales that have pronounced HIV epidemics, such as South Africa. Some approved and experimental vaccines have as a backbone a variety of adenoviruses, which can cause the common cold but are often harmless. The ill-fated HIV vaccine trial used an engineered strain known as adenovirus 5, AD5, to shuttle into the body the gene for the surface protein of the AIDS virus. In four candidate COVID-19 vaccines now in clinical trials in several countries, including the United States, AD5 similarly serves as the vector to carry in the surface protein gene of SARS-CoV-2, the viral cause of the pandemic. Two of these 
have advanced to large-scale phase three efficacy studies in Russia and Pakistan. All right, I'll read you another paragraph, I guess. (laughs) It says, in today's issue of The Lancet, four veteran researchers raise a warning flag about COVID-19 vaccine candidates by recounting their experience running a placebo-controlled AIDS vaccine trial dubbed STEP, S-T-E-P. An interim analysis of STEP found that uncircumcised men who had been naturally infected with AD5 before receiving the vaccine became especially vulnerable to the AIDS virus. The vaccine made by Merck had been the leading hope for what was then a 20-year search for a shot that could thwart HIV. But after the step results appeared, the field went into a tailspin. Quote, it took a decade to recover, end quote, says one of the co-authors of the Lancet Correspondents, Lawrence Corey of the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center. Now, I will say, uh, so I looked this up and I did a little research. So Reuters claims to have fact-checked this and says it's not true, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go through all that, folks. I'm just reading you this because... People are talking about COVID-19 vaccine and AIDS in this missing New England Medical Journal uh, article. Uh, and again, this is really the one of the first things I found when I started looking into COVID-19 and AIDS. So I told you, I don't want to turn my show into the COVID Land High School Theater production show, but I'll continue reading this in case you haven't seen it. Corey, who now co-leads the COVID-19 prevention network in the united states that is testing vaccines at the behest of the national institutes of health says he and his co-workers went public because 85 based covid19 vaccines may soon be tested in populations with high hiv prevalence and thus a greater risk of accidental infection during a clinical trial quote if i were in a sub-saharan african country and making a decision as to what i want for my country for a general population use of sars SARS-CoV-2 vaccine, I don't see why I would pick an 85 vector vaccine when there are many other alternative choices, end quote, Corey says. The backfire in STEP, which evaluated the uh, efficacy of the Merck vaccine in people at high risk of HIV infection in the Americas and Australia, also appeared in a second study dubbed FAMBILY of the same vaccine it was taking place simultaneously in south africa and was stopped early because of the step data precisely how merck's 85 vaccine increased the risk of hiv transmission in step and fambilly remains murky the lancet editorial spells out several possibilities including dampening of hiv immunity enhancing replication of the aids virus or setting up more target cells for it In addition to the 85 COVID-19 vaccine candidates, several other leading vaccines, including ones made by Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, the University of Oxford, use different uh, adenoviruses as vectors. There's no evidence that any of those adenoviruses increases the risk of an HIV infection. And so this goes on and on and on. And I'm not going to read all of it, folks. But if you want to check it out, and I'll pull this up for the video audience here over at pain.tv slash gold, uh, this goes into um, the Lancet article i believe this is it here let's see if this is it 
Yeah, so you can go over to the Lancet. It's T H E the Lancet L A N C E T dot com. And so there's an article here called Use of Adenovirus Type 5 Vectored Vaccines, a Cautionary Tale. And so this has been, uh, you know, you can read the study yourself, but this has been screen captured, used in memes, and everything else. This is why I said this stuff is very hard to track, folks. And there will be people that will take it out of context and then it becomes misinformation or disinformation. It could be real. It could be not real. Uh, Reuters said that none of this ended up being used in the final vaccine. This is what I'm telling you. I, my issue is this. All right. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you, folks. Okay. I don't have a vaccine, I don't have a booster. I don't have, uh, I've never had COVID as far as I know. Uh, I was sick one time during the last three years. It was just a regular cold that I normally get at the beginning of a season. Actually, twice. Uh, beginning of this season, if you remember, a month or two ago, I was coughing. And then uh, last year, but I get this at the beginning of every um winter you know the end of the fall beginning of the winter so as far as i know i've never had so-called covid i've never been tested and basically i never wore a mask the entire time now i had to wear one when i was doing gig work at the beginning of covid land the high school theater production a friend of mine made me a mask made out of cheesecloth okay so was doing nothing because i said if i'm going to put something on my face i need to be able to breathe so it was made out of cheesecloth and then my wife and i had to have masks when we went to see the Broadway play in New York City. We went to see Mrs. Dowfire over Easter. So I actually bought two fake masks off the internet. They're black and they're made of mesh. So from the outside, they look like they're solid, but they actually, you breathe right through. They're not protecting anything. So I basically never wore a mask, never got tested, never got jabbed, never got boosted, and never had COVID. So, I mean, that's where I'm coming from. My wife had one test, actually, before I met her. Other than that, no other tests, no jabs, nothing. And then, as far as uh, we're concerned, folks, uh, baby William isn't going to be jabbed with essentially anything. Uh, he's got a pediatrician that worked inside the system for 40 years, now works outside the system. She recommends no jabs. I've read a lot of books on this, talked to a lot of different experts. You know, there's certain uh, midwives that are for some of them, not for some of them. I found out what the Amish are doing. As far as we're concerned, as of right now, baby William is uh, jab-free. So that that's where I stand on all this. So you know personally where I'm coming from. I'm not protecting this. Uh, I still don't necessarily believe that COVID COVID is a real thing. That's just my opinion. Uh, if it is a real thing, I would ear towards the side that it was intentionally, I wouldn't even say leaked from a lab. I would say it was intentionally spread around. Uh, again, that is my opinion. And I think it was done for the reason of getting people to line up for the jabs and the boosters, amongst other things. Now, again, 
I can never prove what is inside a vial that says Moderna COVID vaccine or Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine or uh, Pfizer COVID vaccine. I don't know what's in there, and I sure as hell don't know if every vial that was produced and distributed has the same thing in it. One could have rat poison, uh, one could be uh, cancer, one could be s- certain death. I mean, I don't know what's inside those things, and neither do you, and neither does your doctor. So for me to sit here and spend hours, and I'm, and I'm not judging the people that do, I think they do a fantastic job. But for me, it's just not something that interests me, nor is it worth the risk of being thrown off all of the platforms and then not being able to talk about technocracy, transhumanism, uh, technology, history, and all the things I like to talk about. It's not worth the risk to me because I don't think I'm going to solve anything, nor am I going to help any of you because I would assume either you're not vaccinated uh, or you had to because your work made you or maybe you got scared into COVID land the high school theater production in the beginning and to me what's done is done I don't think people that did not have it are going to line up and get it now so me talking about it and warning people really doesn't do a whole lot or me sitting there trying to speculate on whether or not your great grandma is going to die because she got it would be kind of like mean of me to sit there and talk about it and I don't think it helps any of us make decisions of how we're going to live our lives one foot in and one foot out of this system by uh, sitting there and picking this apart. And I've looked into everything, folks. The thing that intrigues me the most, you know, is nanoparticles and graphene oxide and other things that could be in the jab to connect people up to the metaverse and stuff like that. That's what I'm really interested in. If the government put a certain death juice inside the vaccine or some type of uh, product like Dr. Charles Morgan III talked about in the video we analyzed from West Point Military Academy and they put some kind of a stem cell inside there that goes up into your brain and they can trigger it with a sound wave and kill you. I mean, would that surprise me? No, it wouldn't surprise me because the government sits there and talks about this stuff out in the open, all the technology they have. And I sure as hell know the government doesn't love me. And they're working in partnership with people like Bill Gates and others that have openly talked about depopulation. So would it surprise me in any way whatsoever if some COVID vaccine, I don't even know which one, is tied to giving people AIDS? No, it would not surprise me at all. Uh, But that's it, folks. I mean, if you happen to find the article... Send it over to Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine Podcast on Fridays, or send it to Mike Moore, or send it to me. If you actually have it and it was published in the New England Medical Journal, I'll cover it here. I'm just not going to spend a lot of my time digging for it because, uh, as I said, COVID is just, it's a tricky subject, and I just don't think we get anywhere by continuing to talk about, you know, whether the doctors were on board or this was on board or that's on board. The day that someone launches a lawsuit uh, that has some standing, I'm interested in covering that, but I'm not jabbed, so I'm not injured. I have no damages, so I, I, I can't even launch a lawsuit. For me to sit here and talk about something that I didn't do, I didn't do it, I didn't take it. Uh, I'm more interested of when they're going to force me into the central bank digital currency slavery system, to be honest. All right, folks, I'm going to force us all into a short break. When we come back, Chinese social score. 
because I'm going to show you what's going on over there and then what Silicon Valley is doing to us right now. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, I'll take a short break. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. And you are listening to Dustin Gold. All right, folks, let's take a look at this article here from Business Insider. And I'm using this because... It was written uh, just less than a month ago, so it's pretty up-to-date, and uh, the majority of this information jives with the research I have done on the Chinese social score system, and we're going to eventually go deeper into social credit scores and stuff in later episodes, but I have to weave this in right now to get to the next part, which is going to be showing you what Silicon Valley is currently doing. And this way, you'll have an understanding of what's going on and what to look out for uh, in your personal life. So again, this is at businessinsider.com, and this is written by Katie Canales and Aaron Mock on November 28, 2022. It says, China's social credit system ranks citizens and punishes them with throttled internet speeds and flight bans if the Communist Party deems them untrustworthy. And so the takeaways you're going to get here is China has been rolling out a system that ranks its citizens based on their, quote, social credit, end quote. Number two, people can be punished if they drive badly, but too many video games or steal. Uh, Number three, it's not a unified nationwide system, but China plans on eventually making it mandatory for everyone. That is true. I mean, uh, true from everything I've researched. Uh, It says here, the Chinese Communist Party has been constructing a moral ranking system for years that will monitor the behavior of its enormous population and rank them all based on their, quote, social credit, end quote. The, quote, social credit system, end quote, first announced in 2014 is, quote, an important component part of the socialist market economy system and the social governance system, end quote, and aims to reinforce the idea that, quote, keeping trust is glorious and breaking trust is disgraceful, end quote, according to a 2015 government document. The rankings are decided by China's economics planning team, the National Development Reform Commission, NDRC, the People's Bank of China, and the Chinese court system, according to the South China Morning Post. Now, you see that? You see that, what's right there? The rankings are decided by China's economics planning team, the National Development and Reform Commission, and the People's Bank of China. So the People's Bank of China is China's central bank. And if you remember Bo Li 
from the International Monetary Fund, their deputy managing director, he was the governor of the Central Bank of China uh, for some time. Right, So they're involved with the social score system. And remember, we heard Bo Lee talking about the ability for the central bank to absorb all of your purchasing and then uh, allow companies to run real-time credit scores on you. And he did not openly say social credit score, but he was alluding to that goes on to say the system can be used for individual people, but also for companies and government organizations. The private sector, including the uh, burgeoning tech world in China, has their own non-governmental scoring systems that they implement as Wire reported. And this is why I said there's so much information out there and available on the Chinese social score system. And this article sums up you know, most of it, so that's why I'm using this article. Goes on to say, for example, Sesame Credit, which is owned by Jack Ma's ant group, and we could get into Jack Ma, which we will in the future, uh, uses its own unofficial scoring system for its employees, such as studying shopping habits, according to the think tank Merrick's. The program has been piloted for millions across the country in recent years, as CNBC reported, and was expected to become fully operational and integrated by 2020. But at the moment, the system is uh, is piecemeal and voluntary. Since China doesn't have a central social credit score system, many local government agencies have been experimenting with what the system could look like. Right now, China does not use a central algorithm to measure credit worthiness, according to the MIT Tech Review. It's a fairly low-tech method that has been conducted at times by, quote, information gatherers, end quote, who walk around villages and write down its residents' good deeds, says the MIT Tech Review. That's a little bit disingenuous. Goes on to say, but the plan is for the social credit system to eventually be mandatory and unified across the nation, with each person given their own unique code used to measure their social credit score in real time per wired. In fact, a national social credit system is currently being proposed. The Chinese government's state council released a draft law in mid-November on the establishment of the social credit system. The first time China has tried to put its experiments into a legal framework by defining what China constitutes as, quote, untrustworthy, end quote, behavior, according to documents seen by the MIT Tech Review. The draft law was developed to, quote, implement the spirit of General Secretary Xi Jinping's important instructions on improving the legal system on the credit system, end quote, the Financial Review reported. All right, again, eventually we're going to break all of these different articles down, all the information out there. But one of the things I want to say, because I have done uh, probably 15, 20 hours of research into this topic uh, for future episodes. Everything I have seen, um, and, and you can only go off of articles that are coming out of China, articles that people have written about this, uh, and then there are a few people I know who have family in China, and I've asked them, uh, that sometimes what we see 
being spun here in the United States is a bit of misinformation and disinformation. So there's certain YouTube content creators and podcasters and others that will straight up say, like, China has social score and they're killing people in the streets and da 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 And I, what I've heard is it is fragmented right now. It's not completely centralized. They obviously are moving it in that direction very quickly. My personal opinion is it, it will be launched and it will be strict, uh, but it's it's not 100% there yet. That doesn't make it uh, any better <laughs> than, than we believe it is, but it's also happening here in the United States, as I'm going to show you, where it's fragmented. The difference is that it's not necessarily the government here in the United States running it. It's private sector companies, so-called private sector companies, doing it in partnership with the United States government. But that is also what's going on in China. So they're using certain financial organizations and private tech companies to run this. And now they're about to pull it all together as one system under the government, which is what's going to happen here in the United States. It says bad driving and debt could get you downgraded in the social ranking system. Like private credit scores, a person's social score can move up and down depending on their behavior. The exact methodology is a secret, but examples of infractions include bad driving, smoking in non-smoking zones, buying too many video games, and posting fake news online, specifically about terrorist attacks or airport security. I'm serious, folks. It says other potential punishable offenses include spending too long playing video games, wasting money on frivolous purchases, and posting on social media. So, how do they know what you're buying when you're buying it? Well, that all ties in to the central bank digital currency system. You know, even though they're not on a full-blown CBDC across the whole country yet, all of your transactions using debit and credit cards are tracked. All right. And then eventually, if you think you're going to skirt that, why do you think that the United States and China has so many cameras everywhere that are doing 3D facial scanning at all times? Because it's all being tied into what is your digital identity, right? Your mind twin. And that's what, uh, God, I don't know, 100 episodes ago, we were talking about Lars Butler and the Artificial Intelligence Foundation and his mind twinning project. And then we've seen uh, folks over at the World Economic Forum talking about the metaverse and the industrial metaverse and how everything will have a digital twin. And then we saw coming out of the latest discussions and research we've done into CBDCs where they talk about your digital identity. Well, that's your digital footprint. Your digital identity is you in the internet that's being tied up to everything so they know how long you're playing video games when you're wasting money i mean all of this stuff is being tracked it, it goes on to say companies will also be at risk if china passes on its establishment of the social credit system law financial firms in particular can be punished for financial fraud evasion of bank debts insider trading the deployment of fake insurance policies, disinformation, and illegal fundraising, according to the Financial Review. It goes on to say, punishments include travel bans and slow internet. China has already started punishing people by restricting their travel, including banning them from flights, 
Authorities banned people from purchasing flights 17.5 million times by the end of 2018, according to the National Public Credit Information Center, uh, Center, as The Guardian reported. They can also clamp down on luxury options. Many are barred from getting business class train tickets, and some are kept out of the best hotels. The eventual system will punish bad passengers specifically. Potential misdeeds include trying to ride with no ticket, loitering in front of boarding gates, or smoking in non-smoking areas. You see this, folks? You see this, but look, under COVID land, the high school theater production, there were many people that could not fly unless you put a mask on or unless you had a jab card, you know, to show people that you were all jabbed up. You couldn't fly. People that are not citizens of the United States still can't come into the United States unless they are jabbed, you know, so this is it. You're seeing what's going on here in China. I'm going to show you what's going on here in the United States. Same exact model being run by the so-called private sector. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ping.TV slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And just a quick reminder for you folks out there who are just tuning in, because I can see we're getting more and more listeners each day. The majority, the vast majority of our episodes of the Dustin Gold Standard are evergreen, okay? Meaning you can go back and start with episode one, and you can listen to them from the very beginning if you want to get caught up on everything that we have discussed here at the Dustin Gold Standard. I did that intentionally. Now, once in a while, I will cover sort of a breaking news article if it ties into something that we covered we reviewed we analyzed Um, but for the most part nothing i talk about has to do with uh, breaking news i'm trying to break down the technocracy this system that we currently live under here in the united states and in most of the world it's essentially a quasi technocracy it's a technocracy which is you know, ruled by the scientists, the engineers, and the technologists. Technocracy is also the science of social engineering, engineering people into the system. And it's also the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. And so what I've been doing and what I've been focusing on over here at the Dustin Gold Standard is breaking it all down and explaining it to you from the history to the present to the future so that you can understand what we're actually living under. The problems that you're having today were all caused by this. It's all done intentionally. It all operates in a problem-reaction-solution loop. And so you can go back and listen to all that stuff. It's all available for free at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much everywhere where podcasts are published. Or if you want the ad-free video version, 
not broken down into segments. You can join pain.tv slash gold and you can get that. And then we are in the process of releasing an ad-free, full-length RSS feed. We're actually thought we had it going and then the company we were going to use turns out they don't do what they said they were going to do so we're shopping around for another company now to be able to do that so we'll let you know when it's done all right let's continue here at businessinsider.com it says according to rachel botsman an author who published part of her book on tech security on wired in 2017 the government will throttle your internet speeds as a punishment though the exact mechanics still haven't been made clear according to foreign policy credit systems monitor whether people pay bills on time much like financial credit trackers but also ascribe a moral dimension you or your kids could also miss out on the best jobs in schools 17 people who refused to carry out military service in 2017 were barred from enrolling in higher education applying for high school or continuing their studies beijing news reported and in july of 2018 a chinese university denied an incoming student his spot because the student's father had a bad social credit score for failing to repay a loan. This is, you hear about a lot of that stuff here, folks, don't you? I mean, it's fairly similar. We're talking about China, and you're supposed to be afraid of China, yet a lot of this happens over here. Goes on to say, you could also get your dog taken away. The eastern Chinese city of Jinan started enforcing a social credit system for dog owners in 2017, whereby pet owners get points deducted if the dog is walked without a leash or causes public disturbances. Goes on to say, those who lost all their points had their dogs confiscated and had to take a test on regulations required for pet ownership. Naming and public shaming are other tactics. A 2016 government notice encourages companies to consult the blacklist before hiring people or giving them contracts. People will be notified by the courts before they are added to the list and are allowed to appeal against the decision within 10 days of receiving the notification. Sounds like a blast, doesn't it? Sounds like a very loving country. Just a world of happiness, folks. A world of happiness. Lee Julan, a lawyer who was deemed, quote, untrustworthy, end quote, after not fulfilling court order in 2015, was placed on the list and was unable to purchase plane tickets home while on a work trip, Human Rights Watch reported. He also couldn't apply for credit cards. This video, and there's a video here, posted by freelance journalist James O'Malley, includes an example of uh, an announcement on a bullet train from Beijing to Shanghai, warning people not to misbehave or else their, quote, behavior will be recorded in individual credit information system, end quote. You know, it's, it's, it's like, remember how creepy it was going into the grocery store? During the height of COVID land, the high school theater production. I don't know if you're, I used to shop when I lived in Nashville at Publix. 
All right. And you would walk in there. I swear, I've said it in the show before, I think. It sounded like Sigourney Weaver and the Ghostbusters did like a voiceover. And it would say, welcome to your new normal. Here at Publix, we will help you adapt to the changes. Please walk on the dotted lines. Only walk up the aisles in the directions marked by the arrows. When you get to the register, please stand six feet apart. You can follow the dotted lines to assure that you are standing far enough apart from someone. Welcome to your new normal oh and keep that mask on and suffocate yourself vaccines are coming shortly i mean seriously this is the world you live in we are all truman now ladies and gentlemen we are all truman from the truman show goes on to say bad citizens are punished but the system also rewards good citizens this is called gamification we've talked about that here at the dust and gold standard it says people with good scores can speed up travel applications to places like europe Botsman said an unidentified woman in Beijing told the BBC in 2015 that she was able to book a hotel without having to pay a cash deposit because she had a good score. The outlet also reported that by China's biggest dating site, now owned by Jiwan, is boosting the profiles of good citizens. Now, I never use dating apps, but a friend of mine who was on a lot of dating apps told me that when COVID landed the high school theater production, Vax came out, when the jabs came out, that all the dating apps started adding a thing to check whether or not you were vaccinated. And he said if he didn't check that he was vaccinated, and I can't remember if you had to upload your card. He didn't tell me that, I don't think. But if you weren't vaccinated, you weren't going to get a date. Uh, on the dating apps it goes on to say citizens with good social credit can also get discounts on energy bills rent things without deposits and get better interest rates at banks these perks were available to people in Ronsheng in eastern china where the city council rolled out a social credit system for its citizens featured in foreign policy in 2018 we're going to review that uh, not today though as of august the province of Lingyong is even considering rewarding its residents who choose to donate blood as a way to improve overall health outcomes according to a public statement companies can also increase their credit rating if there's evidence that they support labor rights through social insurance benefits and affordable housing and comply with environmental protections per the draft law see how complicated this is (laughs) see how complex this is but don't laugh we can't laugh at china because we are right there with them folks in fact some of our companies are over there helping run this we're going to get into amazon web services in uh, future episodes i'm going to show you how much the internet amazon web services currently controls and it's almost the whole internet when you take amazon microsoft google ibm oracle they basically control the entire internet so there's nothing decentralized and they're operating within almost every country so you'd say to yourself how are we at war or how are we enemies with with someone like china when amazon web services is housing our cia and nsa's most valuable data and at the same time doing the same thing for china i mean come on 
Goes on to say, the system has been likened to dystopian science fiction. China's social credit system incorporates a moral edge into the program, which is why many have compared it to some level of dystopian governance, such as in George Orwell's 1984, in which the state heavily controls every aspect of a citizen's life. But despite that, Human Rights Watch called the system, quote, chilling, end quote, while Botsman called it, quote, a futuristic vision of Big Brother out of control, end quote. Some citizens say it's making them better people already. A 32-year-old entrepreneur who only gave his name as Chen told Foreign Policy in 2018 that, quote, I feel like in the past six months, people's behavior has gotten better and better. For example, when we drive, now we always stop in front of crosswalks. If you don't stop, you will lose your points. At first, we just worried about losing points, but now we got used to it, end quote. Folks, do you connect that in with something we've covered here in depth that's technocracy ladies and gentlemen the science of social engineering it says right here again for example when we drive now we always stop in front of crosswalks if you don't stop you will lose your points at first we just worried about losing points but now we got used to it that is social engineering engineering you into the system whether you like it or not and many of us are actually guilty of this myself included self-censoring you know at the peaks of when twitter or facebook or youtube or whatever were taking people offline especially during the trump presidency you learn to censor yourself a uh, legal man at the Quash, he writes in a code on Twitter because they almost banned his account. Now he got it back and he's still afraid, so he writes in a code. Look at me. I said I don't like to talk too much about COVID Land, the high school theater production in depth because it will get you shut down. I think Mike Moore even talked about it the other day on his show. Um, he ended up having to leave Megaphone which is owned by Spotify and loses ad revenue because apparently he said something about COVID that ended up getting him thrown off. And he would have Dr. Um, was it Vernon Coleman on, and that might have got him in trouble. So, you see, we're already in that system here in the United States. We just don't think of it that way because we're looking at it as if it's so-called private sector companies like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and others doing this. But when you look behind these companies, you will see that they're owned and they're controlled by the government oligarchs, the technocrats. They are extensions of the government. That's a running theme here. It is the state. It is only the state. They are just acting through their private sector puppet partners and so some people would say oh we live in a uh, you know a crony corporatist society this is corporatocracy and i would say no this is run by the state the state is more powerful than the companies the corporations use lobbyists to bribe politicians through PACs and such to get laws passed but the money that those companies are using comes from the state they're getting money from the government for government contracts to launch companies, and then the money is cycled back to the puppets. Those are the politicians, the so-called representatives, who look out for your interests, folks. 
You know, it's all a big scam. But the state, at the end of the day, could send the military out with weapons to take over a company by force. A company cannot do that to the state. So the state is the most powerful force in the world. The state is operating through the private sector partners to force people into the current social score system, which we're going to get into when I get back from the break. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks. Let's see what we have up next, ladies and gentlemen. We are at fastcompany.com, and this article is from August 2019. All right, I've got a few articles I want to share with you so we can really break this down. So let's go back to August 2019. So this is pre-COVID land, the high school theater production. The title of this article is, Uh Uh-oh, Silicon Valley is building a Chinese-style social credit system. And the subtitle is, In China, Scoring Citizens' Behavior is Official Government Policy. U.S. companies are increasingly doing something similar outside the law. But we already know and already reviewed that in China, a lot of this was going on within the so-called private sector and then through local governments and not at the national level. Not just yet, folks. All right, let's take a look at this article by Mike Elgin. It says, have you heard about China's social credit system? Well, you folks just have. If you hadn't already, I just introduced you to it. Just a tidbit, folks. We're going to get into it in depth uh, in coming episodes, but I wanted to introduce it now. This was a good night to do it. It says, it's a technology-enabled surveillance-based nationwide program designed to nudge citizens toward better behavior. The ultimate goal is to, quote, allow the trustworthy to roam everywhere under heaven while making it hard for the discredited to take a a single step, end quote, according to the Chinese government. That's a great one. That's a great one. I think that's going to be the title of this show <laughs> of this episode allow the trustworthy to roam everywhere under heaven while making it hard for the discredited to take a single step wow wow could you imagine folks i mean this is uh This is the technate rising, ladies and gentlemen. This article goes on to say, in place since 2014, the social credit system is a work in progress that could evolve by next year into a single nationwide point system for all Chinese citizens, akin to a financial credit score. 
It aims to punish for transgressions that can include membership in or support for the Falun Gong or Tibetan Buddhism, failure to pay debts, excessive video gaming, criticizing the government, late payments, failing to sweep the sidewalk in front of your store or house, smoking or playing loud music on trains, jaywalking, and other actions deemed illegal or unacceptable by the Chinese government. Well, all this stuff is basically deemed illegal by the United States government, too. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to smoke on the train anymore. They have ordinances against playing loud music. So all this stuff is uh, its the same here in the United States. But we like to laugh at China and say they're authoritarian. It goes on to say it can also award points for charitable donations or even taking one's own parents' to the doctor well you don't get points i don't think i'm not sure about taking your parents to the doctor but you do get points for making charitable donations you can write that off in your taxes what are your taxes that's your work that the government steals from you at gunpoint so we have that system as well goes on to say punishments can be harsh including bans on leaving the country using public transportation checking into hotels hiring for high visibility jobs or acceptance of children to private schools it can also result in slower internet connections and social stigmatization in the form of registration on a public blacklist. Okay, we just covered all that. Goes on to say China's social credit system has been characterized in one pithy tweet as authoritarianism gamified. That's perfect. That's perfect. Authoritarianism gamified. And uh, write that down, ladies and gentlemen, because that should be uh, the bumper sticker for the United States at this point as well. It goes on to say, at present, some parts of the social credit system are enforced nationwide and others are local and limited. There are 40 or so pilot projects operated by local governments and at least six run by tech giants like Alibaba and Tencent, right? You guys know Alibaba. goes on to say, Beijing maintains two nationwide lists called the Blacklist and the Red List, the former consisting of people who have transgressed and the latter people who have stayed out of trouble. A Red List is the communist version of a White List. These lists are publicly searchable on a government website called China credit. <laughs> so you can look this up, folks. Public shaming. What is black and white and red all over? The social credit system. <laughs> black and white and red all over. All right, folks. Goes on to say the Chinese government also shares lists with technology platforms. So, for example, if someone criticizes the government on Weibo, their kids might be ineligible for acceptance to an elite school. All right? It sounds great. I mean, it sounds great. I can't. I understand why the guy in the last article said he was happy, that guy Chen, because it, it sounds like such a happy system. It says public shaming is also part of China's social credit system. Pictures of blacklisted people in one city were shown between videos on TikTok in a trial, and the addresses of blacklisted uh, citizens were shown on a map on WeChat. That was great. Great. Put targets on people's backs. Oh, wait. What happened to the January 6th, folks? Oh, yeah. We do that here in the United States. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Some Western press reports imply that the Chinese populace is suffocating in a nationwide Skinner box of oppressive behavioral modification. But some Chinese are unaware that it even exists, and many others actually like the idea. One survey found that 80% of Chinese citizens surveyed either somewhat or strongly approve of social credit system. And if they didn't, they lost three points on their social credit score and were executed in the town green. It doesn't say that. I added that at the end. But wouldn't that be, uh, wouldn't that be appropriate? I mean, if you're asking people if they approve of the social score system, how many people are going to tell you no, they don't approve if they fear what's going to happen to them? They say, no, I don't approve of the social score system. And then tomorrow morning they wake up and they're not allowed to buy a cup of coffee at the McDonald's. You see what's happening there, folks? Goes on to say it can happen here. Many Westerners are disturbed by what they read about China's social credit system. Why? Because they're stupid. This is me, by the way. And they have no idea that it's already here. Our government dangles this stuff out in front of us as propaganda to make you fear China instead of looking what's going on right here in your backyard or right at your front door. It's already here, ladies and gentlemen. Yet we are too stupid to realize it because we live in this connected world and we worry about what's going on in Beijing or worry about what's going on in Indonesia because they've created this world in which now we have to focus on everything else because it's a globalized world. But in fact, it's happening right here in our own country. People just don't realize it. goes on to say, but such systems, it turns out, are not unique to China. A parallel system is developing in the United States, in part as the result of Silicon Valley and technology industry user policies, and in part by surveillance of social media activity by private companies. Here are some of the elements of America's growing social credit system. All right? Ready to sit here and break this down. And I just want to remind you, I've said it on several shows. I'll say it again. In this country, people are being driven into the technocracy, whether they realize it or not. Gig workers. All right. So you've got the blue collar service type workers, taxi drivers, uh, grocery shoppers, food delivery people. They've got gig apps for everything, folks. All of them owned by the technocrats. So you are operating as an independent contractor at the whim of the technocrats who can turn you off at any time whatsoever for no reason. You could be making $350 a day today and tomorrow you're making zero. They have all the creatives driven into websites like Etsy and Fiverr owned by the technocrats. They can turn off those people immediately. That's graphic designers, web designers, video editors, and it's a race to the bottom because they put everyone into these platforms, these internet ghettos, and now everyone is running around going, I'll do a logo for $4.09 because you're trying to compete with some guy in India. Or you're trying to compete with the guy next door who's willing to take $4.08. You know, people are selling all their crafts and stuff through Etsy. They all put themselves into a marketplace where it's a race to the bottom. Because you're competing to sell your crocheted blankets with someone who lives in Singapore. So you're selling a crocheted blanket for $7.43. You see how that works? All the content creators, whether you're on YouTube or BitChute or Odyssey or Rumble, or you're a podcaster over here on Spotify, 
or one of these other platforms. It's a, you are at the whim of the technocrats. They could turn off your podcast, take away your ad revenue, shut down your YouTube account. How do you promote in today's world? They create a globalized world. Well, then you have to promote through social media, but you could have your social media account taken away. You might not even be able to really build one up because a lot of the system runs on bots and it's all fake. See, we've been driven into this technocratic system in which the technocrats control the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. If you're a musician, you need to sell through iTunes and websites like that. You see, it's so centralized, although we call it decentralized, but when you look behind the companies and the platforms, they're all controlled by the same exact people. They all answer to the same, quote unquote, investors. And so they can shut you down across platforms. I've explained here how they can shut your website down. They can take your domain name away. But if you want to go and start any sort of business, I mean, there's this whole new fad of people that are virtual assistants. Virtual assistants can charge, well, it's going down, but let's say it was 30 to $50 an hour. You could be doing a little gig project for a CEO somewhere across the other side of the world, and you're booking his travel, you're writing blogs, you're updating his website, doing video projects, helping with social media. Well, how do you get those jobs? You're funneled into a gig platform. And so you could be making money today and be shut down tomorrow for no reason. And this is the trend that's going on now. I know people that are getting into the loan closing business. You get your work through a gig app. I look at the gig app. I go, look look who's behind it. The same technocrats. So they're taking all the ways that people are making money and then driving you into these digital apps where you get the work. You're not building up a book of business. You're not actually building up clients. I knew this was very dangerous dangerous years ago. As a web developer, I would have clients that would start saying, I don't need a website. I don't want to build a new website this year. We're just going to run our business on Facebook. We're just going to set up a Facebook business page. And I said, that's very dangerous. What happens if Facebook decides to throw you off? The other thing is you're getting fat and lazy, just relying on Facebook to do your marketing. So now you're not going and putting flyers on people's doors. You're not leaving postcards in people's mailboxes. You're not out at the local Dunkin' Donuts handing out business cards to people in the morning telling them, hey, I'm a landscaper. I can mow your lawn. You're not building personal relationships. You're just relying on Facebook. So this is the system that's been created since the internet came into our homes in 1995, the internet, an invention of the government. And so we've driven ourselves, we've allowed ourselves to be driven into this world. Unfortunately, look at me. Uh, I, I, if I didn't say this, I'd be a hypocrite. I like podcasting. I want to deliver a show to as many people as possible and wake them up. Yes, I'm trying to warn you about the technocracy, but I like speaking into the microphone. Well, I rely on all of these technocratic systems. I could wake up tomorrow and my whole account could be shut down. I don't even bother trying to promote on social media because I've had so many accounts since 2015 taken away. A Facebook account, multiple Twitter accounts, several YouTube accounts, and so it becomes frustrating. But this is what happens when you don't conform with the system. If I conformed to the system, if I preached what the government, what the state, what Silicon Valley wanted me to preach, I would probably be promoted. 
Uh, they wouldn't even have to tell me. I would just be rewarded. All of a sudden, I'd have a million followers on YouTube, and I'd be making $25,000 a month, you know? And they go, how did this happen? Okay, I might as well keep telling people that the jab is good because that's apparently working. So see, we've all are slowly being driven into this technocratic system. And once you're operating within the digital world, you're living in the metaverse, you're living in the matrix. Then when you misbehave, they can punish you. All of a sudden, you wake up tomorrow and your DoorDash account is closed. Your Instacart account is closed. Your Uber account is closed. Your Uber Eats is closed. Your Grubhub is closed. And you can't make money. I mean, this is the world we're moving into. When I get back, let's get into the United States, Silicon Valley, and what their social credit score system looks like going back to 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold and you are listening to Payne.tv slash gold. All right, folks, we're back here at FastCompany.com. And so we're looking at some of the elements of America's growing social credit system. First up, we have insurance companies. The New York State Department of Financial Services announced earlier this year that life insurance companies can base premiums on what they find in your social media posts. That Instagram pic showing you teasing a grizzly bear at Yellowstone with a martini in one hand, a bucket of cheese fries in the other, and a cigarette in your mouth could cost you. On the other hand, a Facebook post showing you doing yoga might save you money. Insurance companies have to demonstrate that social media evidence points to risk and not be based on discrimination of any kind. They can't use social posts to alter premiums based on race or disability, for example. Oh, no, no, no. Just on if you're eating uh, cheese fries. Goes on to say, the use of social media is an extension of the lifestyle questions typically asked when applying for life insurance, such as questions about whether you engage in rock climbing or other adventure sports. Saying no, but then posting pictures of yourself uh, free soloing El Capitan could count as a yes. All right, so they can use social media to scan. I've told you before. Okay, Peter Thiel, the transhumanist technocrat, who is a huge government contract, his company Palantir started with CIA money at CIA money via the CIA's venture capital firm InQtel, is now inside of the IRS under a $100 million contract from the Trump administration, and they are allowed to go through your financial transactions, your social media posts, and your phone records, amongst other things. So it's happening here inside of the government as well. It goes on to say PatronScan. A company called PatronScan sells three products. Kiosk, desktop, and handheld systems designed to help bar 
and restaurant owners manage customers. PatronScan is a subsidiary of the Canadian software company Serval Biometrics, and its products are now on sale in the United States, Canada, Australia, and the United Kingdom. PatronScan helps spot fake IDs and troublemakers. When customers arrive at PatronScan using BAR, their ID is scanned. The company maintains a list of objectionable customers designed to protect venues from people previously removed for, quote, fighting, sexual assault, drugs, theft, and other bad behavior, end quote, according to its website. A, quote, public, end quote, list is shared among all patron scan customers. So someone who's banned by one bar in the U.S. is potentially banned by all the bars in the U.S., the U.K., and Canada that use the patron scan system for up to a year. Patron scan Australia keeps a separate system. All right? You see that? So when you go to the bar and you're letting them scan the back of your driver's license, you didn't think they were just doing that to see if your ID was real. No, they're keeping a digital footprint on you without even telling you. Without even telling you. I need your ID to get into the bar. Well, you think that's a government rule? No, they're scanning that. They're also going to use it for marketing as well. Goes on to say, judgment about what kind of behavior qualifies for inclusion on a patron scan list is up to the bar owners and managers. Individual bar owners can ignore the ban if they like. Data on non-offending customers is deleted in 90 days or less. Also, PatronScan enables bars to keep a, quote, private, end quote, list that is not shared with other bars, but on which bad customers can be kept for up to five years. All right? The bar can also pull that data down and store it forever. And they can also sell that information on you. It says PatronScan does not have an, quote, appeals, end quote, process, but it's up to the company to grant or deny those appeals. All right? They can sell that data they're taking on you, too, folks. I mean, it's unbelievable. Did you even know that existed? Next time you go to the bar and they ask for your ID, ask them if they're using PatronScan. And there's other companies doing that as well. There's, quote, unquote, competitors out there. Uber and Airbnb, that's the next one. Thanks to the sharing economy, the options for travel have been extended far beyond taxis and hotels. Uber and Airbnb are leaders in providing transportation and accommodation for travelers. But there are similar ride-sharing and peer-to-peer accommodation companies providing similar services. Airbnb, a major provider of travel, accommodation, and tourist activities, bragged in March that it now has more than 6 million listings in its system. That's why a ban from Airbnb can limit travel options. They can also ban you if you're the person who bought a house to rent out on Airbnb. Believe it or not, I don't know if this is still going on, folks, but I knew someone who owned an Airbnb property, they came into a decent size inheritance, and instead of just blowing it or throwing it in the stock market, they ended up buying a house next door to them, and they decided they were going to rent it out for Airbnb. They had a business model, and the money would come back in every month and supplement their Social Security, and in the end, they could turn around and sell that house. Well, they started doing that. One of the things that they would do as a responsible 
a renter who didn't want to piss off other people in the neighborhood who were already upset about Airbnbs being allowed to operate, they would look at the person who was requesting to rent the house, and then they would do their own research, and they'd go look them up on Facebook and other things, and they would try to make sure that they weren't going to have some young girl who was going to throw a bachelorette party there and destroy the house or be out in the street drunk and getting the neighbors upset. And there came a point in which Airbnb said, you're not allowed to do that. And they would actually block the profile of the person looking to rent from the person who owned the property so that the person who owned the property would have to give it to someone without actually knowing anything about them or being able to do research on them, saying that this was uh, about uh, equality, right? But at the same time, if Airbnb got more than one complaint uh, from neighbors calling Airbnb saying this property listed on your site is disturbing us, they would actually throw you off the platform. So now they stopped you from being able to actually review the clientele. I don't know if that's still going on, but that was happening. And so all of a sudden, if you get thrown off Airbnb, how are you going to rent your house now? Again, it's another company that has driven people into the system that we are in now, this technocracy. Everything being run out of Silicon Valley. It goes on to say, Airbnb can disable your account for life for any reasons it chooses, and it reserves the right to not tell you the reason. The company's canned messages include the assertion that, quote, this decision is irreversible and will affect any duplicated or future accounts. Please understand that we are not obligated to provide an explanation for the action taken against your account, end quote. The ban can be based on something the host privately tells Airbnb about something they believe you did while staying at their property. Airbnb's competitors have similar policies. It's now easy to get banned by Uber, too. Whenever you get out of the car after an Uber ride, the app invites you to rate the driver. What many passengers don't know is that the driver now also gets an invitation to rate you. Under a new policy announced in May, if your average rating is, quote, significantly below average, end quote, Uber will ban you from the service. Uber can also ban drivers. You could be a perfectly decent person, and I've met many of them who drive a nice car that they're paying a lot of money for every month that they're renting through, say, Enterprise and spending a couple thousand dollars a month to rent a vehicle so they can drive for Uber. And you get one drunk pig gets in the back of your car, pukes all over the seat, calls you uh, the N-word, you know, calls you a cracker, calls you whatever the hell they want. You try to be nice. You try to accommodate them. You know you're not getting a tip. You're driving this buffoon 40 minutes to some uh, from some club to some bar. And then they go and they make a claim about you. And the next thing you know, you wake up and your Uber account is gone. You go from making $375 a day to zero. Zero. And this is what happens. So if you go back 10, 15 years ago, friend of my father's guy named Doc Martin. This guy owned a really nice black Cadillac, and he built up a clientele from lawyers to doctors and politicians, and he would do a lot of rides, to private rides to the airport up in Hartford, Connecticut. And he had a whole Rolodex of clients, and he'd hand out his cards, and he'd put them up on pin boards, and you built a book of business. Well, in the modern day, someone looking to do that would start off, they'd go work for 
Uber. Next thing you know, you get thrown off Uber. Now what do you do? Folks, this is how you live outside the system. Start building your own book of business. All right, let's continue. WhatsApp. You can be banned from communication apps, too. For example, you can be banned on WhatsApp if too many other users block you. You can also get banned from sending spam, threatening messages, trying to hack or reverse engineer the WhatsApp app, or using the service with an unauthorized app. WhatsApp is small potatoes in the United States, but in much of the world, it's the main form of electronic communication. Not being allowed to use WhatsApp in some countries is as punishing as not being allowed to use the telephone system in America. And, you know, when I was in corporate entertainment, I was down in uh, Trinidad and Tobago. No, not Trinidad and Tobago. I was down in Dominican Republic. We were doing an event. Uh, with my best friend, uh, Tim Waters. He was Bill Clinton on The Tonight Show 200 times back with uh, Jay Leno. And so the event company, the production company, they're like, hey, do you have WhatsApp? That was my first introduction to WhatsApp. So the whole team and the clients and the event planners all operated on WhatsApp. And so I got familiar with it. And now that, you know, since I met my wife, I realize a lot of her family and friends and people from Europe, all over the world communicate through WhatsApp. So you get thrown off WhatsApp, it's like, losing your ability to text message back and forth with people if it comes down to business folks you're pretty much screwed all right ladies and gentlemen when i get back more on this this is the social score system alive and well here in the united states the point being is if you rely on this stuff today i would start making plans to figure out how to take your business offline i mean you don't have to go completely offline use it but be aware that if you're relying on income from these third-party applications you can't count on it just like mike and i cannot rely on the ad revenue that comes from the third-party ad revenue streams because we could lose it tomorrow for no reason whatsoever i know mike moore's been talking about some of that at the thomas Paine podcast he'll probably reveal more as time goes on but ladies and gentlemen it's here this is what what happens when you allow yourself to be driven into the technate and social credit is going to affect everyone whether you own a business or not ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard if i disappear then obviously my social credit score was lowered and they threw me off air i'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, folks. All right, it's Friday night. I'm getting a little loopy here, ladies and gentlemen. A little loopy. This article at FastCompany.com goes on to say, what's wrong with social credit anyway? Nobody likes antisocial, violent, rude, unhealthy, reckless, selfish, or deadbeat behavior. Well, that's wrong. I like all of that, folks. No. Uh, what's wrong with using new technology to encourage everyone to behave? You know, the system of social engineering, folks. The most disturbing attribute of a social credit system is not that it's invasive, but that it's extra legal. 
Crimes are punished outside the legal system, which means no presumption of innocence, no legal representation, no judge, no jury, and often no appeal. In other words, it's an alternative legal system where the accused have fewer rights. Social credit systems are an end run around the pesky complications of the legal system. Unlike China's government policy, the social credit system emerging in the United States is enforced by private companies. If the public objects to how these laws are enforced, it can't elect new rule makers. Well, private companies working on behalf of the government. What do you think the ESG uh, system is? That's pushed by the global government, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think all the sustainability rules are down at your county and local levels? That was all out of the UN and passed through Congress. This is the government doing it in partnership with their so-called private sector puppets. Goes on to say an increasing number of societal, quote, privileges related to the transportation, accommodations, communications, and the rates we pay for services like insurance are either controlled by technology companies or affected by how we use technology services. And Silicon Valley's rules for being allowed to use their services are getting stricter. If current trends hold, it's possible that in the future, a majority of misdemeanors and even some felonies will be punished not by Washington, D.C., but by Silicon Valley. It's a slippery slope away from democracy and toward corporatocracy. In other words, in the future, law enforcement may be determined less by the Constitution and legal code and more by end-user license agreements. You see, this is a great way to prime you uh, for what is to come folks this social score system right here in the united states and that's written in 2019 but we know there's a lot more to it we've heard of the term de-platforming or dehumaning someone like an alex jones which i believe alex jones was part of the normalization of this process for people on the so-called right to say well if they can get alex jones they can get me and then it gets people to self-censor just like that guy in china chen said it was pretty weird at first but then we got used to it right and so we get used to it here in the united states it's just something we've come to live with because all the way going back to 2015 we have and i believe the haves intentionally lifted the veil on criminality corruption sedition treason election fraud all this type of stuff that has gone on i think it was all intentional in order to normalize this behavior somebody shared a message, I think it was Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Friday, shared a post, I don't know if it was on Truth Social, by Trump. And it basically said, uh, okay, X, Y, and Z is happening, but we know the FBI won't do anything because we live in a corrupt rig system, and that's just the way it is. See, that's part of pushing the normalization of this stuff. I mean, I'm telling you that it's here. I'm not trying to normalize you to it. I'm telling you here, making you aware, hopefully, of things you don't know about so that you can figure out if this truly is the way it is. I want you to understand what it actually is, what it actually it is that we are dealing with. And then you'll be able to figure out how to navigate yourself around it. We shouldn't accept it.
But if it is our new normal and no one's going to stop it, then we have to figure out ways to work around it. And so when we're just talking about uh, if you are someone like myself that came out of uh, the world of design, I've always worked for myself. But back in 04, 05, I think, through 09, I had a marketing and web company. All my clients were local. I didn't go troll uh, different job posting sites and stuff, looking for gigs out of uh, other states, other countries. I had local customers. I worked for a guy who owned a direct mail business. I did a lot of graphic design for him. I worked for a little web company, picking up contract work from them. I had a company that did entertainment. I did all their graphics. I had a lady who had a marketing company, was tied into the biosciences in Connecticut, and I used to get a lot of work from her. I used to do work for lawyers. So I I had a lot of local clients. I went out there and got local clients. And so now, if I was just getting into this world, I'd be posting my work up at Fiverr.com. I'd be trying to get work through gig websites. And what happens a lot of times is now you're communicating with a client. You don't know where they are. You don't get to talk to them. You're running through these sites. Uh, they did a lot of this with uh, entertainment services over the years with companies called Gig Salad and Gig Masters. And so I would meet artists that I was trying to manage or represent as an agent, and they would say, I'm listed up on Gig Masters. I said, listen, you go through those sites, and what happens is, how do you really know if they're promoting you or not promoting you? Because every year the business model will change, and they tell you, I know it was $30 a month, but now we want $800 a year from you in order to push you up in the rankings, and then you'll be seen. So I, how do you ever know if you're really being exposed? If you had someone like me, I was knocking on doors, I was making phone calls, and I was trying to sell gigs for you. It was real. It was real sales. Now people just rely on these platforms. And if they don't like your behavior, and we know they're sharing information between each other. So let's say you told someone to F off on Twitter uh, that was deemed to be some kind of specialized class, you know, some minority group. How do you know that doesn't go to a blacklist and the next thing you know, your gig salad account and then your Uber account, your uh, Instacart account and your iTunes channel don't just disappear or your PayPal is cut off or your Stripe account so you can't process credit cards. I mean, this is the danger of being involved with this technocracy, this worldwide technocratic technology-based ghetto that we live in all right let's move on here this is an article at the hill and this is from august 3rd uh, 2021 and i'm moving forward now because the last article that we just reviewed was from 2019 so i'm trying to build up to show you what's going on today because we're working toward an article written by the Heritage Foundation that came out recently. And this is uh, Coming Soon, America's Own Social Credit System by Kristen Tate. Again, August 3rd, 2021. It says the new domestic, quote, war on terror, end quote, kicked off the riot on January 6th has prompted several web giants to unveil predecessors to what effectively could become a soft social credit system by the end of this decade. 
relying on an indirect hand from D.C., our social betters in corporate America will attempt to force the most profound changes our society has seen during the Internet era. Okay, so this is just what I was talking about. So now you fast forward a couple of years and you go, well, that's what they're actually doing. It says China's social credit system is a combination of government and business surveillance that gives citizens a, quote, score, end quote, that can restrict the ability of individuals to take actions, such as purchasing plane tickets, acquiring property, or taking loans because of behaviors. Given the position of several major American companies, a similar system may be coming here sooner than you think. Well, it's not coming here. We're in it. We're in it. We're in the middle of it, folks. Goes on to say, last week, PayPal announced a partnership with the left-wing Southern Poverty Law Center to, quote, investigate, end quote, the role of, quote, white supremacists, end quote, and propagators of, quote, anti-government, end quote, rhetoric, subjective labels that potentially could impact a large number of groups or people using their service. Folks, in 2008, I believe it was, I was 27 years old. Southern Poverty Law Center put me on the top 20 nativist list in the United States. I was on there with Jerome Corsi, uh, I believe Congressman Tom Tancredo, and some others for the work I was doing exposing the corruption connected to illegal immigration in the state of Connecticut. So I woke up one day and I had a million pieces of hate mail from people because Southern Poverty Law Center deemed me to be um, some kind of a, it was a xenophobe, but it was the top 20 nativist list. God, I was 27, 28 years old, I think. I almost shit myself. I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> I thought I was going to be killed in the streets. Uh, but but it, was, it was like a social score system back then. It goes on to say, PayPal says the collected information will be shared with other financial firms and politicians. Facebook is taking similar measures, recently introducing messages that ask users to snitch on their potentially, quote, extremists and, quote, friends which, considering the platform's bias, seems mainly to target the political right. At the same time, Facebook and Microsoft are working with several other web giants and the United Nations on a database to block potential extremist content. So you'll see these companies are working with all these other governments and international bodies that one day we pretend we're enemies with, then we're not enemies. They're all working together. The technologists are behind all of them goes on to say the actions of these major companies may seem logical in an internet riddled with scams and crime after all nobody will defend far-right militias or white supremacist groups using these platforms for their odious goals however the same issue with government censorship exists with corporate censorship if there is a line who draws it Will the distinction between mundane politics and extremism be, quote, I'll know it when I see it, end quote, scenario, as former Supreme Court Justice Potter Stewart described obscenity? If so, will there be individuals able to unilaterally remove people's effective ability to use the Internet? Could a Facebook employee equate Ben Shapiro with David Duke and remove his account? No, because Ben Shapiro is a shell, and he works for the man, as well as David Duke, who was most likely an FBI informant. I'm sorry. We can't say this stuff. That was my opinion, folks. That was my opinion. Uh, <laughs> 
That was my opinion. I have to be clear on this now. But seriously, these are the questions uh, now being asked. And as I told you, a lot of what came out of, I would say, the Trump era and January 6th was the normalization of the social score system here in the United States. The groundwork was already laid. And that came together when we allowed ourselves to walk into a technocratic, technological technate. All right, the TTT, the T cubed, folks, when we allowed ourselves to be walked onto that train, onto that cattle car, the system was already being built. Now it is the beginning of the adoption and the normalization. And so people on the left would cheer this on after January 6th, and then you can create an event where people on the right would cheer it on against people on the left. And before you know it, everybody's cheering it on. And there you go. You walk yourself into a social score system. Folks, I'm going to walk myself into a quick break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, after I'm done here, I just want to go lay down and cry in my wife's arms. (laughs) No, folks, it's better to understand what's actually going on here than it is to run around this world with your head buried in a bag of sand, wouldn't you say? I like to know what the hell is happening, folks. What's really happening while we're distracted by so many other things. This article at The Hill goes on to say the implications of these crackdown efforts will be significantly more broad than just prohibiting Donald Trump from tweeting at 3 a.m., but that will help normalize it. goes on to say young people cannot effectively function in society if blocked from using Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, Uber, Amazon, PayPal, Venmo, and other financial transaction systems. Some banking platforms already have announced a ban on certain legal purchases, such as firearms. The growth of such restrictions, which only accelerate with support from usually left-wing politicians, could create a system in which individuals who do not hold certain political views could be blocked from polite society and left unable to make a living. The potential scope of the soft social credit system under construction is enormous. The same companies that can track your activities and give you corporate rewards for compliant behavior could utilize their powers to block transactions, add surcharges, or restrict your use of products. And this will all happen right from the central bank level with central bank digital currency. Goes on to say, at what point does free speech, be it against biological males playing in girls' sports, questioning vaccine side effects, or advocating for gun rights, make someone a target in this new system? When does your debit card get canceled over old tweets, your home loan denied for homeschooling your kids, or your eBay account invalidated because a friend flagged you for posting a Gadsden flag? 
That's the uh, don't tread on me flag, ladies and gentlemen. So if you tell them not to tread on you, they will tread on you. They will tread on you, folks. And uh, I covered a story many years ago that uh, you talk about throttling Internet speeds in China, that they were, I don't know if the law passed, I believe it did, that they have the ability to literally shut the Internet off to your home. Uh, AT&T, Comcast, Verizon, and such, that they have the ability under a law, I believe, oh, it's coming back to me. I think it had to do with pirated content. So if they deemed you to be guilty of pirating content, uh, which, folks, that could come in many forms. I mean, you could literally upload a video to YouTube and then try to download your own video. They could say you pirated content, and then they could shut the Internet off to your house which frankly wouldn't be such a bad thing sometimes. I think about that. I go, imagine if we did not have to live in this world with the internet. Uh, It goes on to say federal fingerprints aren't directly on recent actions, yet the creation of, quote, a digital dollar, end quote, would put an exclamation point on a new social credit score. Working in conjunction with major tech companies, citizens not convicted of a crime could lose their ability to transact any business in time decentralized forms of money such as cryptocurrencies like bitcoin may be the main uh may be the main means for dissidents to operate as long as the federal government doesn't move to squash them in the fed uh, if the fed and members of congress are skeptical of crypto now its use by political undesirables could lead to a uh furtive effort to severely restrict or ban these currencies we've gone through all this folks the last 14 episodes my belief when it comes to cryptocurrencies i think it was all designed it's all been test piloted they're all part of the introduction of central bank digital currencies goes on to say until and unless there is an organized pushback our future could track with those of increasingly illiberal societies just last week the british government announced its own version of a health social credit system china's system was announced only seven years ago considering the growth of algorithms and dependence on tech giants the ability to track censor and eventually punish ordinary citizens will be mind-boggling by 2030 America's descent into a 21st century gilded age directed by tech titans isn't an inevitability. However, do you know anyone who would take a 5% Amazon coupon in exchange for a, quote, call to action, end quote, or someone who would replace their Facebook profile to avoid being locked out? You know, it's interesting that they bring that up because legal man over at the podcast, the Quash U.S. Crime Review, formerly U.S. Law Review on Twitter, he did not want to lose his Twitter account. All right. And he had been striked a couple of times. This was a few months ago. And so he changed his name from U.S. Law Review to U.S. Crime Review. He changed out his emoji, you know, his avatar to something else. And then he locked his account. So new people couldn't find him. Others can't retweet him. All to save his account. So he completely self-censored in order to save his account because he liked his account. He liked to be able to talk with people that he had become friends with on twitter and have a good laugh it was his way of blowing off steam during covid land the high school theater production and so he completely self-censored put on the camouflage went under the radar in order to 
protect himself. Okay. It goes on to say peer pressure, trendy movements, and the ability to comply with the new system with the click of a mouse combine all of the worst elements of dopamine chasing Americans. As it grows in breadth and power, what may be most surprising about our new social credit system won't be collective fear of it, but rather how quickly most people will fall in line. So important, folks so important about falling in line and here's the issue that i think we face and and let me just show you what we're going to get into uh this is an article from march 2022 and this is sleepwalking into a china style social credit system this is at heritage you know what let me actually finish this up we'll do this and then i'll give my commentary on this tomorrow We'll start off because I have some other articles I need to share with you on social credit score, and I need to show you what Amazon Web Services is up to. But this is by Director of Tech Policy Center, Kara Frederick. And it says here, while the world fixates on Russia's invasion of Ukraine, a huge threat is gathering here at home. As Canada demonstrated, Western governments and tech companies are mobilizing to cut off mainstream citizens from public life and constrain their private lives. Action like protesting government overreach, expressing, quote, anti-authority, end quote, ideologies, or even sharing, quote, disinformation, end quote, on social media may now be classified as terrorism. This is all typical of totalitarian regimes, which aim to bring, quote, all aspects of society under the control of an ideology, end quote. As author Rod Dreyer notes, quote, a totalitarian state aspires to nothing less than defining and controlling reality, end quote. Sound familiar? We must immediately arrest this momentum toward a social credit system of our own. Otherwise, we risk mirroring China, where the integration of public and private spheres has created the most efficient tech-enabled totalitarianism known to man, all aimed at social control. It's already here. I'm sorry, uh, ma'am, but it's already here. In the United States, the increasingly oppressive collaboration between public and private entities is not enforced at the barrel of a gun. It arises from an ideological symbiosis between tech incumbents and government officials. This has allowed governments to successfully encourage tech companies to help police the discourse of ordinary Americans. For example, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki admitted in July that the White House works with Facebook to monitor and police speech and later insisted that other private platforms should be, quote, doing more, end quote, of the same. Homeland Security Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas indicated his organization was working with tech companies to strengthen, quote, legitimate use, end quote, of private platforms. Twitter reportedly deferred to the California Secretary of State's office when flagging and scrutinizing questions surrounding the 2020 election and criticism of President Joe Biden. And now, obviously, everyone that wants to follow Elon Musk and the Twitter stuff, we know more is coming out. I'm sure it's all true, folks, but it's all part of the normalization of this system. Goes on to say these tech companies, which control the rails of communication upon which many Americans and billions around the world rely, monitor viewpoints to see whether they conform to leftist politicians' version of reality. And um, 
see, this is a right-left thing, and that's not the way it is. I'm reading you this. It's, it's a good piece, but we don't live in a left-right world. It's not the leftist politicians. It's the state. It goes on to say, if it's a ruling class narrative, tech companies defend it. If it departs from the, quote, approved, end quote, line, for example, by suggesting the possibility of a coronavirus lab leak, repeating the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop, or rejecting the existence of biological differences between men and women, it is suppressed. The ideological collaboration goes far beyond social media censorship. The Chinese system blacklist ultimately limits job advancement, real estate purchases, travel, ability to get a loan, and more. In the West, censorship measures have extended to online banking, web hosting, and email delivery services. The guy that I used to produce for, Douglas Dakota, this was a conservative show, folks. It was like Sean Hannity on the internet. A little bit better than that, but... He had a mailing list we had built on MailerLite.com. We had over 55,000 subscribers. Woke up one morning, done, shut down, gone, gone. We said, what do we do? You violated something. I said, we're paying $400 a month to host this email list. What the hell do we do to violate it? Nothing. No answer. They don't tell you anything. Guess what? The list was gone. I had done a backup every, I think, two weeks into Excel spreadsheet so we had got about forty-two thousand. we had but we lost thirteen thousand email subscribers done just gone eliminated erased off the face of the earth i mean this is what we are dealing with when i said and i opened the show that we are fighting a war against the technocrats on their battlefield the issue is that most people don't realize that they are fighting a war against technocrats they And I'm talking about people on the right believe they're fighting a war against leftists. It's not leftist politicians aligned with leftist Silicon Valley guys. You're fighting a war against technocrats that want to enslave all of humanity. That's what this is about. It goes on to say GoFundMe buckling to pressure from the Canadian government and Ottawa police froze millions of dollars meant for the Canadian Freedom Convoy. Other companies like Airbnb, PayPal, Stripe, MailChimp, and GoDaddy continue to purge accounts to the right of center up and down the digital stack. Such expansive vulnerability engenders self-censorship. Americans are learning the hard way that they risk their ability to support charities, rent homes, fundraise online bank and even earn a living should they dissent from the prevailing leftist orthodoxy enforced by government and private companies working hand in glove it's not about left and right folks goes on to say and we are in uncharted territory when one market dominant company or multiple companies within a specific market decides it's better to go along with the preferences of the government than side with individual citizens it leaves those individuals with nowhere else to go What comes next? We are on the slippery slope to social credit scoring, where wrong think leads to undesirable consequences. What do you mean we're on the slippery slope of social credit scoring? You just said all the things that are going on. We're already in social credit scoring. We're already in social credit scoring. And if you want to talk about left and right, I could show you guys something that Ron DeSantis put into place down in Florida a couple of years ago, something that he worked with Jared Kushner on in the Trump administration where you'll get in trouble if you say things about a particular group of people that we're not allowed to talk about. Let's just say they're related to Ben Shapiro. It goes on to say, will your individual climate 
compliance score be satisfactory? Suppose you use too much heat this winter. Sorry, can't get a bank loan to buy that new house. Pump too much gas for your family's road trip. Apologies, no airline tickets for your next summer. Americans must recognize what is happening and combat it more effectively. If we do not take strong measures to respond to this new and singular problem, which is as much a political, cultural, and moral issue as economic one, then we forfeit our ability to govern ourselves. See, the issue, folks, and I'll talk about this tomorrow uh, in depth, is that people don't understand what's actually happening. I mean, you represent 0.0000001% of the country. Most people don't know what's happening. Even if they're on Twitter and they have to self-censor, they still don't understand the, the depth of this. They don't understand that all these tech companies are connected. They don't understand that they're all being promoted by the state, lifted up by the state. They don't understand that this is all going to become part of the central bank digital currency system and the universal basic income system. They don't understand that this is all goes back to the 1920s and 30s growing out of technocracy incorporated and the founder howard scott they don't realize that all this is intentional it's all strategic it's all driving us further into the arms of the technocrats it's driving us further into this system of complete and total control it's driving us further into the slave state And all of the things that they bring up, I would say the truckers in Canada, Donald Trump, Alex Jones, all these big events where people get depersoned and deplatformed are all part of the normalization. They introduce it to the public at large. People on the left cheer it on. Yes, throw Donald Trump off Twitter. People on the right say this is ridiculous, but then... They just forget about it 24 hours later because it became normal. Just like the gentleman Chen in the article from China who talked about the crosswalks. And he said, at first we would stop in front of the crosswalks so we wouldn't lose points. But then eventually we just got used to it. And ladies and gentlemen, what's happening here in this country is we're just getting used to it. It's not even that. It's that we don't understand it. So how do we fight back against something that we don't understand? Well, I would say... And I will talk about it tomorrow. The answer is to withdraw from it. You're never going to win inside of a system that's created by people who set up the system for the very reason that it's being used. The system was set up for exactly what you're seeing, complete and total control. What people forget is that you have the ability to step back, to exit the system. I know you believe that we have to operate inside of this internet world. I know you believe that you have to have access to Uber and Venmo and Apple Pay and Google Wallet and all this other stuff. But the reality is you don't. You don't need to operate inside the system. But if you choose to operate within the system, along comes the punishments and the rewards. That is the rule of the system. The main rule of the system, the rules of the system are here. You understand them. You will be a good citizen in line with the state or you will be punished. But if you behave, you will be rewarded with one extra central bank digital currency token. Ladies and gentlemen, think about all that. Absorb all that because this is the reality that we are facing. If we can't beat them, I would say don't join them. But leave them. Let's exit 
this system. I'll be back tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.